So we are in the third week of this homily series that we are calling Dead to Sin and Alive to God. It's inspired by St. Paul's teaching in his letter to the Romans. He's instructing the early Christians how to make that all-important transition into the life of the resurrection, the life of Easter, the life of Christ. As we've been saying over these past few weeks, it is a radically new way of thinking and of living, right? We all are required to make this transition and we need to be really intentional about it. It doesn't just happen, right? St. Paul, uh, in this text that we've been reflecting on over these weeks, his basic point is that if you want to make the transition, you need to be prepared to let go of some old ways so that you can embrace the new life of Christ. And, and, And that's what we've been exploring over these weeks how we can free our soul so that it can flourish in God. Today, I want to talk about another common tendency that we have as humans that can really stifle our soul. I want to talk today about the curse of comparison. That tendency that we have as humans to base our identity and our value on how we compare to others. Can anyone relate? No, no one wants to admit it. (laughs) Good, thank you for your humility. The philosopher René Girard, he introduced this concept of mimetic desire and his, his basic premise is that most of our desires are not our own. That we imitate, we, we mimic the, the values and uh, the behaviours of others around us. Now, early on in life, that seems to be important for our development. Yeah, As babies, as infants, we learn through the mirroring of our parents. We imitate them. We derive our value from their gaze of love upon us, especially our mums in those very early days and months. But unfortunately, most of us don't seem to grow out of that way of operating. Even as adults, we continue to look to others to tell us who we are, what to value. We continue to mimic the desires out there. The advertising world know this, don't they? They know this. This is, they exist upon this principle, right? They know that if they get George Clooney to stand next to a coffee machine, that that will stoke our desire to buy that machine, yeah? The sad truth is that so often we are living out, or we're living for values that are not our own. And when we measure up, we're okay, right? We, you know, we're happy, we're content. But when we don't measure up, we're not so okay, are we? How, what do we feel? Discontent, jealousy, uh, we feel inadequate, unfulfilled, and sometimes we even feel unlovable. The truth is that when we base our contentment upon comparison, we can never be content because the goalposts are always shifting, aren't they? There is always a new trend to keep up with, a new fashion a new restaurant to go to, a new holiday destination 
to check out. And of course, there is always going to be someone who is more intelligent, more beautiful, more gifted, more successful. We never get there. It's no wonder we're often so stressed and exhausted and anxious. It's, it's so tiring trying to keep up with these constant demands that are placed upon us from, from out there. In our theology, we have this concept of original sin. And it's an idea that we, we have this, as humans, we have this tendency towards sin, which has been, we've inherited. It's been passed down throughout the generations. And for me, this is a great example of it. This idea that we are not enough. That we are incomplete. That there is something out there that I need to be content, to be whole to be happy. And what I want to suggest today is that if we want to step into this radically new life of the resurrection, we need to move beyond this curse of comparison. We need to die to it, as St. Paul would say. We need to learn to operate, to find our value and our identity in a different way. Sometime after I finished high school, I had this idea of what I needed in order to be happy. And it looked something like a beautiful wife, a house on the water, and lots of disposable income. They were my three kind of goals, right? And uh, that's what I went after. I worked hard. I saved my money. I invested. I started a business. I, I pursued and chased all of the values that I thought would make me uh, feel secure and acceptable and, and I guess, ultimately happy. But it was, it was quite a stressful time in my life. And I realised later why. It's because I was placing all of my hope in outcomes that I really didn't have much control over. And deep down, I don't even really think I believed that those goals, those outcomes, were what I really wanted. Well, what would really be good and right for me. So I carried, for quite a long time, I carried this underlying anxiety. I was unsure. Will I ever get there? Will I ever be enough? Not sure if you can relate. But I did eventually get there. Just not the way that I thought. It wasn't by the beautiful wife and the house and the water and all the income. One day I was at a retreat and I had a realisation that changed the whole course of my life. And it was very similar to St. Peter's experience in our first reading today. This was soon after Pentecost. He's full of the Holy Spirit. He's out in the public square and he's preaching, right? And um, and this is what he says to them. You can be sure, you can be certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter's realisation was that Jesus is not just an inspiring teacher or a great prophet or a miracle worker. He is Kyrios in the Greek. He is Lord. He is the anointed one. He is God. And Peter's message to all in the marketplace is in him you will find everything you need to truly live. Everything. 
that was the realisation that, that changed everything for me because I, I finally understood or I could, I could see that uh, I was not truly trusting that Christ would provide everything I really needed. That my heart, my heart was divided. I was giving you know, a lot to God but not everything because my hope and my trust were also in these other values that I was pursuing. So I took Peter's advice in that retreat. It was a beautiful moment of grace for me where I just I had the courage or the trust to um, make that decision within myself to give everything I could to God, to, to hold nothing back, to, to follow Christ as fully as I could. And it was through that surrender, it was, by, it was through that letting go of all of these things I was sort of chasing after, it was by putting Christ first that I finally accepted that maybe God had a different plan for my life. See, for years I'd had this sense of calling to the priesthood, this, this sense of God wanting me to shepherd his people, but I never acknowledged it. I never spoke to anyone about it. I used to just sort of like hold it down wherever it came up. Because I had these other things I was chasing after, right? But now in this kind of place of surrender and this commitment to put Christ first, I suddenly, I don't know, I just had a new freedom to acknowledge it. And I spoke to someone about it and then I realised that, yes, this is, this is what I feel called to. And so after about six months, I, I made the decision I, and I thought I'll give it a go, which, which was quite big for me because it meant selling my assets, it meant winding up my business, it meant letting go of my autonomy, in many ways, it felt like dying. But it was through that dying that I was opened up to a whole new experience of life. And that change in me over the years as I followed the path of Christ has, has been so deep and so significant, I cannot possibly explain it. But what I can say is that as I've pursued Christ in my life and tried my best to put him first, that journey has healed me and it's liberated me and it's, it's brought out a love and, and, and gifting and potential in me that I didn't even know was possible. I didn't even know it was there. See, the, the greatest problem with comparison is not so much the stress and the anxiety that comes with it, but as we pursue values out there, we don't recognise, we don't realise, we, we don't tap into the value and the calling that is in here. That's the great tragedy, I think. What I began to realise is that what I really needed was not out there. It was in here. I already had the love and the security that I was searching for. I just needed the light of Christ to discover it, to realise it. Listen to King David in our psalm today. He says, The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing I shall want. You see, he, he also discovered it. He's saying here, I, I found my true contentment. And, and it's not in power, which he had plenty of. And he said, it's, it's not in people's admiration of me, which he had plenty of. He said, I found it by knowing and following the shepherd. 
In our gospel today, Jesus reveals himself as that shepherd. He says, those sheep who listen to my voice and put a priority on following it will be led to rich pasture. They will discover a value and an identity and a life that will truly satisfy and will, which will never be taken away. All other voices, Jesus says, all other values, they will lead you astray. They, they're like thieves that steal, kill and destroy, is how he put it. But if you follow my voice, if you put me first, you will discover life in all its fullness. Perhaps we could say that's the summary of the, the whole Christian message. See, the task of the spiritual life is basically transferring our value and our identity from things out there to the divine presence within us. From things that are passing to that which is eternal. From a life of striving and achieving to one of receiving the gift of God. Christ is the only answer to this culture of comparison that we're all a part of. We're all caught up in. In Christ, we realise that we are already accepted. We are already whole. We are already content. We already have this abundant life within us. The more that we can step into that, the more that we can let go of a need to, to compare ourselves and we can really embrace the life that God is calling us to live, right? Which is the true life, the full life. All right, so here's a practical application for you. When you find yourself feeling jealous or feeling anxious about not having enough or not being enough, I want to encourage you, I want to urge you to see that as a gift. God is helping you to realise that um, you are putting some of your identity, some of your value, your hope in, in, in things that are external to you rather than in who you truly are. See it as a gift, God just shining a light. And then when you notice it, when you notice the jealousy, don't get upset with yourself or just... Just repent. Say, oh, sorry, Lord. I've done it again. Oh, I've done it again. I've done it again. It's only 9 a.m. I've done it again. <laughs> I've done it again. Oh, I'm sorry. And then turn back to Christ, yeah? Ask Jesus, Lord, help me to see the value that you've already placed within me. Help me to see who you've created me to be. And help me to trust that that is my path to true contentment and to the abundant life. Hello, Father Dan here. If this homily has been helpful, there are a few things I'd love for you to do. Firstly, subscribe to this podcast or share this episode with someone who might find it helpful. And consider also helping us to expand our mission and reach out to more people by donating at stbenedicts.com.au forward slash donate or you can click on the link in the podcast description. Thanks so much for joining us and have a blessed week.